right, welcome everybody to the conversations we have. (laughs) The Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today joined by Aaron Larsoul, Raj Chapalu, and in a little bit we're going to be joined by Edwin Garcia, um, who does the recap work for Silver Screen and Roll. Um, He's running a little bit late, so we're just going to get this thing rolling as the three of us right now, and whenever he pops in, he pops in. Um, Today on the show, we have to discuss... Uh, the Lakers getting LeBron and AD back as they get ready for the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and then also there's some Kyle Kuzma talk. There's some Cam Reddish talk. There's some all-star talk, uh, which is, which is, I think a moving goalpost, um, as well. I do like to start these things off with a kind of random question. And I see that Raj has an adult beverage in front of him. Finally. Despite being like 18 years old. Um, Do you need my ID? I brought my ID with me. I'm used to showing those at lounges. So I'm, I'm, I'm used and to showing those. And also looking right. like uh, his his camera, for whatever reason, either has butter on the film. On, on, uh, he's rubbed <laughs> butter on the, the lens or it's a hostage video. One of the two. I got to say, of the people who would have butter on their lens... Pretty up, pretty big upset. It's not me, right? Like it's not. <laughs> um, but Raj, what are you drinking? I'm curious. It's pink. Yeah. So um, my usual drink, I didn't bring it because I knew you guys would attack me. I'm a Red Bull, Grey, Red Bull vodka guy. Um, no, that's reasonable. This stra- yeah, this is strawberry lemonade. It's terrible and, uh, for you. But wait a second. You thought strawberry <laughs> lemonade and whatever else would be the better option for us not making fun of you? What's the whatever else? Uh, this is a vodka, so it's strawberry okay. lemonade and vodka. Yeah, and yeah, you thought Raj... that would be, and you thought we would make fun of you less for that <laughs> than a vodka Red Bull. Well, vodka the Red first... Bull sounds like such a, I don't know, like a party drink. I don't know, like you don't really just casually drink. This is party? a party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting lit. That's, that's fair. <laughs> With your red wine. <laughs> With your red wine in the club, like Rudy Fernandez. I remember. I remember uh, vodka lemonade was the first drink that I had that was a, uh, a hair of the dog. That was when I learned that hair of the dog works was, was drinking. Um, and there's Edwin, uh, who, who is just now oh, joining us from, uh, from, crypto. from, from money laundering.com <laughs> arena. From Edwin Garcia's is joining us from there. Um, and he freshly washed his hair. <laughs> uh, can you hear you guys. Oh, well, uh, okay. Well, it's well, <laughs> not <I'm> great. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so put headphones in maybe all right all so right. uh <laughs> we're off to a great start <laughs> nothing like a first impression yeah so we've learned uh, that Roz is afraid to tell us he drinks vodka red bull so has instead gone with pink lemonade and vodka yeah it, and, honestly and, and edwin doesn't have, have headphones in perfect <laughs> Maybe we should just make this a hook and just get rid of these two. Get rid of the kids. That's tomorrow. As if we're so organized. <laughs> like our show I, is no, just... We, uh, but hey, if we pull it off. What we are known for is, is organization in our content. Yeah, clearly. Um, all right. So what do you... All right. I, I know, Raj, you would probably prefer to talk about basketball first. Aaron, you would definitely probably rather talk about no, basketball. Let's talk about basketball. Over over the uh, smoke swirling around the Lakers as far as what they might do personnel wise, so we'll start with the uh, the the upcoming matchup 
between the Lakers and and um, and the Sixers. And this is an incredibly sports radio topic. Oh. But I was asked because I did the Liberty Ballers podcast today, our our um, our Sixers site, and I was asked, you know, where AD belongs in the center conversation, the the, the top big conversation, mm-hmm. and I I think that the most reasonable take here is that AD is in that top three, right? Where you have Jokic, you have Embiid, and you have AD. You can have those guys in whatever order. Some people might prefer Jokic. Other people might prefer Embiid. This season so far, I think AD's having the best season of the three of them. Um, but I want to start, Raj. Like, where do you what is? Do you agree with that collection? Do you think somebody belongs there, or do you think uh, do you think that that's a, a fine grouping as it stands now? And how do you have them ranked? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. I think those three are definitely the top three of centers in the league. It's kind of what you prefer, though. Like, obviously, Anthony Davis, you can't, like, run an offense through him. I think the way that, obviously, Jokic can. But I think, you know, he has the most two-way potential of both of them. So, I think, like, at their peaks, I think AD I would have at one. I think just in terms of, like, who has the highest floor, I think you what you put around Jokic probably gives you the highest floor. And then Embiid is just, like, never healthy enough to me in the playoffs. So, like, you can kind of flip back and forth with those three. But I think AD's been the best to, so far to start this season for sure just with his two-way potential and with the games that he's played i think he's been at the the top his the top of his game more than like both of those have so far raj is definitely getting canceled in philadelphia for saying that Embiid <laughs> is not healthy often enough as he puts anthony davis at the top of his list <laughs> yeah so my, my 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 first question in all of this as i as i answer this is how many phone books is raj sitting on um because we are getting like only some of his even forehead. Um, I'm in a chair. I, I don't... <laughs> adjust your camera. Um, so I kind of agree. Um, I think that... Welcome, Edwin. Yeah, look at that. Thumb, there he up. is. I think that AD certainly has the highest two-way ceiling of all of them. But to be fair, um, those other guys obviously with Jokic winning back-to-back MVPs and Embiid finishing second, I think twice in a row uh, to Jokic. I I think those guys have a longer track record, but you know, I, I, and so to be fair, right. I'm going to take the Lakers Homer hat off. And to be fair, I think that AD you're wearing a Celtics hat right now. I'm wearing an Oakland (laughs) A's Kelly green hat. (laughs) As you can see, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, um, I think AD does have the highest ceiling. I think AD has the most versatile game. Obviously, like the versatility in Jokic's offensive game is second to none, but Jokic is nowhere near the defender AD is. Embiid can approximate what uh, AD can do defensively, but doesn't have the versatility to the offensive game that that AD has. So, I think at all of their peaks, AD is number is the best center in the league. Shout out tinfoil hat Anthony Irwin for finally bullying AD into playing center full time. <laughs> um, it took so I do think, I think AD has, you know, like, and this is, this is scary to say when comparing him to the guys that have finished first and second in, in MVP the last two years, but AD to me does have the highest ceiling of the three of them 
it's just a matter of, you know, we've seen it now for a few weeks from AD and, and obviously this, the illness notwithstanding, but can he continue this level of play, you know, for another 10, 20, 30, 40 games, the rest of the season into the playoffs, et cetera. Because if he does, he is right there in the MVP conversation. I think he has the lowest floor though, right? Of the three of those guys. I, I think uh, the highest floor I, no, I agree you know with what? I think saying... no, I actually I think Embiid's floor in the playoffs is lower. Because huh. Embiid, because of his conditioning, offensively can get baited into doing things he's not good at. And so I think I I actually think Embiid's floor is the lowest in the playoffs. In the regular season, I agree with you. It's kind of crazy playoffs, that we have an MVP candidate that we like regularly just say, Yeah, he's out of shape. <laughs> like that that can <laughs> He's only, and then, and it's not Jokic. It's not the guy who looks round. I mean, they both, they both look like they're out of shape. Jokic, Jokic is going to be the all-time greatest athlete who breathes primarily out, out of his mouth, right? Like he's breathes out of his mouth. You called him a mouth breather. Oh, have you seen him? My dude always looks like he has a head cold. Like always, just perpetual sniffles. Um, Edwin, you are joining us here. You do you do recap work here for Silver Screen and Roll. Um, it is your first time, I believe, on on any of our of of our pods, my pods, um, certainly. Um, we started the conversation here while you were figuring out the headphone situation, talking about <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the the top three bigs. Texts. Is there is there any uh, is there any Big that you we we've mentioned Jokic, we've mentioned Embiid, and we have mentioned obviously Anthony Davis. Is there a big that you believe belongs in that group that we haven't mentioned? Giannis, Giannis is the one. Um, you know, people have always you know talked about the ridiculous AD trades, and and we've talked many times uh, offline since I, I have not been invited till till today uh, <laughs> about um, how how that's really not realistic for I so many reasons. You haven't been invited. You have you showed yeah, up without headphones so well thus far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that uh, the, some way, reflections probably the needed there. The, you're doing the show from the nosebleeds at crypto.com apparently <laughs> yeah. with freshly yeah, washed right. hair. <laughs> my background was too messy, so I do something oh, there. Right, right. Um, but yeah, Giannis is the only Jacob's player. My pillow. Giannis a, is the only player. A luchador in a previous life. <laughs> Giannis is the only player I would take over AD that plays a similar position, i.e., the, the five slash the four. Although I don't really see Giannis, you know, switching from the five um, because he's he's that good. He's that incredible. He's a focal point of an offense. He's won a championship that way, and you know, he's just. So athletic, so strong. You know, we know how his issues with the free throws, but you know, he's he overcame them uh, during that championship run at least. And that's the only player who I look at. I'm like, even when AD's at his best, I don't know. I might still take Giannis. Every other scenario, when AD's at his best, I'll take AD over any of the other pl- players mentioned. Um, y- Jokic just is so weird because he does things so differently, right? He moves like as as fast as Anthony, but he still gets everything done. So that's like what's so Davis? special about <laughs> the Joker. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Hey, Lat. Last year, I don't know. Last I, think, year. I think Anthony Irwin may have some athleticism <laughs> over Jokic. In the, in the forty the be- yard, who wins? <laughs> At the beginning Neither. of last year, <laughs> I'm not making it forty. Yards in. <laughs> like, I got I got a good thirty two yards in me. After that, that's that's about it. Um, <laughs> no, I, I was talking though. I was kind of marveling at it because I, I had this topic came up on the pod that I did. And I gave whatever answer I could. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, this has probably gotten me in trouble over the course of my career that I'm not sitting here like 
There is one answer to this question, and anybody who says anything else is just stupid, right? Like, I just am not capable of that kind of delivery. And it's so fascinating to me that you have, I don't know if I would necessarily count Giannis in that group because those the other three guys that we mentioned right now are starting at center. But, um, but I, I also understand if people do, and we've just kind of meandered into like a golden era of centers. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it just kind of like happened where like, I, I know, you know, Hakeem for my money is the most translatable big in basketball history and in, in NBA history. Um, I think the further you go back after that, guys start to get a little slow guys start to, you know, their, their games that don't really translate quite well. They aren't quite athletic enough. You can maybe make an argument for Wilt just because he was such a freak of nature. Um, but, but yeah, I, I think where we're at right now, it's so fascinating. It's such a cool statement about basketball. Also that you have these three guys who go about the game in such different ways, right? Anthony Davis is this pterodactyl. Giannis also a pterodactyl. And then you also have, you, you have Jigglypuff in Denver and you have, <laughs> Jigglypuff. and then, and then you have, and then you have the state puff marshmallow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Especially when they're, when they wear their whites. Yeah, definitely. And then, you know, Embiid is just kind of this, I think he's the closest to a classic big that they have. And even he seems to have kind of a modern twist on it, given how well he shoots the ball. It's just, how does it, Aaron, I want to know, yeah. cause you, you've, you've, you've paid attention to basketball longer than, than us. <laughs> I think I'm saying this nicely. Hey, I'm being political. You don't, you don't have to, no follow up question needed here. Right, but right. how do you, how do you think this happened? How do you think we just kind of so stumbled into I, I this have, caliber I, I, of big? I do. I have a very specific answer to this. I okay. think I have figured out. Um, and part of it is. Are you about so, to say Steph? Because every answer is Steph. No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But um, I've been having this argument on Twitter for a few years. Okay. And then it came up again with uh, not who was on my side with Sam Esfandiari, who does a light years podcast for the Warriors mm-hmm. about. There's these like this group of old head guys who, for some reason, think that basketball hasn't gotten better. Mm-hmm. It is the one human endeavor that has not improved with evolution, training, diet, science, coaching, et cetera, technology, et cetera. And it's absurd, which is why I said on Twitter that Larry Bird is basically Nikola Mirotic in booty shorts <laughs> and that this year's like go on watch his birthday 80, go watch the 87 <laughs> go watch the 87 <laughs> finals go watch game four you can find it on youtube go watch game four of the 87 finals yeah. lakers celtics the two teams of the decade with i don't know 12 hall of famers between the two teams the 22 the 21 what we year are we the 22 23 orlando magic would obliterate either of those teams because it's well, yeah, because just- Bull Bull is like the greatest player ever. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out, R.I.P. Manu Bull, my favorite player ever. Yeah. Um, but but what I think what I think has happened here is that because of the changes in the game, guys that used to be not have any skill and were just bigger than everybody else can't play anymore because they're not skilled. They can get run off the court, and so now we do have those enormous humans like Embiid, like Joker, and to a lesser extent like AD. But you also have the guys that wouldn't have been centers back in yesteryear. 
mm-hmm. you know, like Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, like those guys would not have been centers back whenever because they weren't big enough, quote unquote, either yeah. not tall enough or not big enough. But we are now, because the game has evolved, we are now drawing from a larger pool of guys that we consider centers. And so they're much more skilled. They're much more athletic, right? Like from centers back in the day were Bill Cartwright and Mark <laughs> Eaton. And like those dudes literally can't play anymore. They just, yeah. they simply can't play in this NBA. And it's not because they're not good enough. It's because the NBA has gotten better. Everybody else has gotten better. So that kind of, that archetype just doesn't work anymore. And so I think be, the way, the reason why you're saying it's a golden era of centers is because we still have those humans, but they've been forced to evolve and be more skilled. And we have the other guys, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, uh, like Pascal Siakam, et cetera, that are considered centers, but wouldn't have been before and are so skilled that they can play center now. Even like Kevin Durant plays center a bunch. This is like, LeBron this is, James plays center a bunch now. Yeah, like, well, that's because the Lakers don't sign anybody taller than six six. No, but no, no, that's but, that. No, that's no, that's wrong. LeBron played center last year. I know. Yeah, <laughs> when the Lakers again. No, they did not. They had guys. They were just hurt like, and old the, and the decrepit. Point is LeBron can play potentially center dead in NBA. Yeah, and that's why it seems like a golden era for centers because there are more like skilled guys available. There are more good basketball players that now are considered centers. Can I, I quick, like side, like this kind of a tangent here. And, um, Rudy Gobert is a fascinating subject because in any, like, especially in prior eras, right. He'd be seen as an incredible big, right. Mm -hmm. Although maybe potentially his holes in his offensive game would have been more showcased because they did just pound the rock inside and Gobert would look useless if he has to like do anything yeah, go, go other than a, just right, go breathe through, and dunk. Go throw a jump hook over a six two guy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, but like the, the, the Gobert thing is fascinating to me. And 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 Raj, like I'm I I want your take on this one, but I feel like in terms of I I am almost never anti analytics. Ever. I like I think analytics all it is is, is information. But the analytics people Edwin were going loud. Huh? Edwin going Oktoberfest on us. <laughs> yeah. I, I was told time. that beverage was a requirement, so I, I went and uh, you know, got this. Go big or go home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so, so like I, I, but the, the, the analytics, like the, 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 the real loud analytics people were extremely loud as far as actually Rudy Gobert is the better player between uh, him and and Donovan Mitchell. And yeah, like they both go to do two different situations and the situation for Donovan Mitchell, he fits a lot better into that situation than Gobert did in Minnesota. But everybody in Minnesota appears to like hate playing with Rudy Gobert. And, and shockingly, and, you know, the, the calves, the calves, there, there, there was nothing that might've hinted at that. <laughs> yeah. In his previous right. stop. The, the vibes have been pretty immaculate in, in Cleveland. I'm curious, so Raj, because I don't, you're not, you're not anti-analytics, like you know, you'll you'll cite no <laughs> whatever stat and stuff, but I I do not recall a time in my life where analytics were this wrong in telling a story between two players as they appear to have been between Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. 
because that that narrative was loud like yeah 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 that's great that donovan mitchell and rudy gobert are on the market but actually the player you kind of want more is gobert that was a crazy one to me well it was also evidenced by the fact that that uh utah got more for gobert than they did for donovan also that trade. yeah also that but that's because a rod is a new basketball owner time. and he's a moron as an owner but but like yeah like what, what do you think what do you think was going on there? Or do you even agree? Like, you don't even have to necessarily agree with, well, with the premise. Honestly, I hated that trade from the jump. And I said at the time, I think, you know, it moves Carl Anthony Towns to the power forward. He's not a power forward on defense. And then it just yeah. sticks you into this. Uh, to me, the league is about versatility. And I think the thing about Gobert, he's like really good at this particular thing. And your defense yeah. has to play a particular way with him there. I got killed for going to the Clipper game, but I went to the Clippers, you know, Jazz game six. And wait, wait, hold on. You went to the Clippers game that. You got killed for the fact you had a jersey on and you were. No, mad. I didn't have a jersey on. There Don't were pictures do that. of you hugging Clipper Daryl. Oh, no. Yeah, you know, I thought like, it was I'm really so weird that, like, to finally witness a Western Conference Finals, you know? They 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 kept showing Steve Ballmer and there Raj was sitting right next to him. It was the craziest thing. He had Laker questions. That's he all. said that Western <laughs> Conference, you know, sleep hit different. I was like, what's going on with Raj? That, that flip was crazy. That was wild, Raj. We can't let that one go. <laughs> no, but like, so in Pictures that game. Raj is like a seven-year-old decked out fully in. It may have even been San Diego Clippers at that point, but he's definitely got <laughs> Clippers gear on. There's got to be some laws against like Photoshop being like when someone's a, a kid, right? Like, you know, like uh, keep my innocence at least. Like those are like, there's got to be some laws against that They're, they've got me in like bucks celtics clippers jerseys like there's gotta be some laws against that but i don't think there are maybe uh, eventually yeah. but uh, nope maybe not nope. look man uh, if, you, if you if you in cages i think we can we can photoshop raj into clippers bucks celtics etc etc gear if you tweet that that lob city sleep hit different <laughs> then like whatever people put you that. in as a kid is not is not is out of your control he, he was celebrating I mean, really today's 11 year anniversary this, this is a good day for us he remembers this day finally <laughs> to be fair rod what really got you is when you tweeted out that when blake griffin jumped over the car in the dunk contest looked better than oh, kobe never... jumped over the car for oh, his nike commercial like that's that. really what did you in don't do don't do me like that um <laughs> rod we still went... see your likes <sighs> <laughs> Aaron, I'm trying to have people forget that you keep you keep bringing it up. Every... Okay, all right, brother, I got it. Okay, I stopped after you told me. I stopped. I after... stopped. Anyway. Never again. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I went <laughs> went to that Go game Bear. six. <laughs> Go Bear. back to Gobert. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow back to Gobert. Uh, but. The Clippers just switched recklessly on him, and they had, like, Reggie Jackson guarding him, and they had, like, Terrence Mann guarding him, and they were just completely fine with it. And I think, like, his – just the culmination of not being able to be versatile and, like, can't score, that's, like, his issue. But the broader question I had, especially Aaron, you brought up, like, Anthony Davis having the higher ceiling in the playoffs. Um, I think uh, you said Jokic probably has, like, the highest floor. I mean, I said Jokic has the highest floor. But my question, even with the, you know, advancement in bigs, can you win if your center can't defend? Because, you know, Edwin, you brought up Giannis no. as, like, the comparison. No, you cannot. And I think no, that's the cannot. question here, because as good as no. Jokic is in the regular season, can you win if you have a big that can't defend? And that's the question. Like, and those bigs, you said they're out of style now, but I think of Avicii Zubac, like, he's incredible on defense, and that's why he can play. And other bigs of that nature are 
can play because they can defend. And you have guys like Jalil Okafor, who's just out of the league because he can't defend a lick. His offense doesn't matter because they get ran off the floor with him. So, like, that's my question. Even with the advancement in centers, the perimeter, like, is so important. That's why I always thought Donovan No, but that's the part. And you have to make it – you have to differentiate between can they defend, right? Because Zoo is a good defensive player, right? Jakob Pertl is a good defensive player. But unless you can guard on the perimeter when you get switched out there – Exactly. Gobert's okay at it, but not proficient. AD he's o- is proficient. He's okay at it. in a he's okay in an 82 game regular season sample. You know, and that's where Jazz Analytics Twitter was using was like this 82 game. Oh, Rudy Gobert when he switches the numbers are fine. Yeah, but then it's like Paul George 50 straight times. Like you know, like you right. Like, there, there's the a difference. There's destroyed. a difference when you're, when when teams in the playoffs are hunting it. And and yeah. Anthony's old boss is going to tell us about screen assists and why it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. He he's decided that they don't matter anymore. Well, he's yeah, crazy. Gobert's thing not there anymore. Is, is, as soon as yeah, as soon as Gobert is no longer a Jazz, the Jazz employee says that those screen assists are now bullshit. Yeah, um, they were all yeah, bullshit. It's the weirdest thing. I I think it. No, you cannot. You, here's the thing, Raj. You're that's a good point you're making. No, I don't think you can win at the highest levels if your center can't defend. But even more so in the playoffs, as opposed to the regular season. Yeah. For a center being able to defend means you're going to have to spend 20, 30, 40% of your time dancing with Steph Curry or Ja or Luca or Trey Young or those kind of guys. Trey Young is not going to be in the finals. You don't have to worry about that. I didn't that. say finals. I didn't say finals. I said <laughs> you never, playoffs. ever, ever have to worry about Trey Young being in the finals. I didn't say finals. I said playoffs. You're going to have to dance with those kind of guys. And Kyrie, like, you're going to have to dance with those guys. And if you are not, at you may not have to worry about Trey Young showing up to shoot around. Like he's just like he's. That's fair. That's fair. I, I, I'm not sure that I'm. I'm not sure that. Uh, and by the way, I mean, due to my time in Portland, I'm going to fully take uh, Nate McMillan's side on all of this. But... <laughs> Look, man, I've heard some shit about Trey Young. Like, so Trey Young have, is not like two. Yeah, like there's I mean, there's I a like, lot of stuff yeah. on Trey Young out I there have, and his dad. Mm. Like, remember, remember. Um, it was like this with Ben Simmons too, where like when Ben Simmons, there was all the, there was all the stuff about like, you know, his teammates don't really know if he's that committed and all that stuff. By the time that came out, there was already like two years worth of shit that came out on Ben Simmons. I was like, yeah, yeah this guy's it's never going to no, get the Intel. It. The Intel is not, the Intel is not good. And and frankly, he got Lord Lloyd Pierce fired. Yeah, because they didn't get along, and now he's not getting along. Surely it is the coaches who are the problem. Clearly, um, clearly. <laughs> no, did you, 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 you guys not hear? He said that they're all good. So yeah, no, don't worry about it anymore. No, it'll be fine. Do you yeah. think he took a picture with with like <laughs> John Collins lying there? On yeah, the, and on by the, the way, John. And, and, then... and by the way, this has nothing to do with the fact that John Collins has been on the trade block for. I, I like basically before he was even drafted by the Hawks, John Collins has been on the trade block. He's a fascinating one. He should be like, I don't know, but yeah, I, I want to talk about though, about the notion of like a big, not being able to defend, because I think that's a good point. But I also think that also really depends on the, on the talent around him, because like in, if you just dropped Rudy Gobert in Toronto, right? And you had all of those wings that just fly around the perimeter. Like I was watching poor Austin Reeves, man. <laughs> he got the ball across half court and you could just see, it was just sheer terror on his face. It was that gif of, of um, Chris Pratt in Jurassic Park 
where the actual Raptors are like there and he's just like, oh, all right, at, yeah. don't run. <laughs> don't run. All right. I need to make a pass here, please. No quick movements. I just got to Let me get a ball across half court. And so like, I think in, if that's the situation there, I do think like maybe not Rudy Gobert because he is, he's too useless on offense. But I think if it's like Jokic, because Jokic, I do have questions about his defense on the perimeter. But I do think you can get away with having Jokic in that kind of a setting when there's so much athleticism and there's so much defensive wherewithal that, like, you can make that work. And, you know, I now that gets back to, like, the defensive floor, right, where Aaron talked about Anthony Davis's floor in the playoffs. He was so incredible defensively that the Lakers, like, this year, they could be – they you could – get away with playing buddy healed because you have Anthony Davis, right? But if you have, if you have buddy healed on a Jokic team, then you're really concerned about your offense there because that's putting a ton of pressure on those other three players who are out there. Right. And, and I don't care. Like you might have, you, you kind of sort of need like three Scotty Pippins to make that work. If, if that's, <laughs> and not Scotty Pippins juniors, just three actual <laughs> yes, Scotty yes. Pippins. <laughs> Pippins. Um, Edwin, do you he think had a game how, winner the other day, Scotty Whip? He, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. He did. The concern, the concern here. I love you, Raj. You're my favorite. <laughs> I love that Raj finally got his camera <laughs> in the right place. So he doesn't look like he's seven foot nine anymore. I had but, a, I had to fix the the height um, concern. Put a couple books up under there. <laughs> <laughs> no, my favorite is uh, like it, Ernie is tall enough that he doesn't need to like mess with his chair. But for a while there, oh gosh, this person doesn't host anymore. I forget, I forget who this person was. But you could see it on NBA TV, where you could see like um, the chairbacks that like you know, like you could see the, the this this part right here. Yeah. And every so often you would see like the NBA players and their their chairbacks are all pretty much aligned. And then they would show like the the go the, the the host would just move just a little bit this way, and you would see his hair his chair back. It's like <laughs> way up here because his seat needs to be that high in order to look like not tiny next to those guys. Um, but well, yeah, I gotta I, did, I gotta say bye. My sister's back. I gotta say bye. I gotta go say what's your up to sister. My sister. I know my your sister's si- actually back. My sister's actually <laughs> okay. Back. I mean, not, who not will be later a company person but. that's going to hang out, but she, my sister's <laughs> actually here. So, all right. Uh, all right. I'll be Bye good, there. but not that good. Well, that's not, <laughs> it's, you're the concern that in that respect, you're, the, <laughs> um, so Edwin, I'll go to you like uh, on the, on the notion of like the surrounding talent. And this is where it gets tough because this is a, a cap sport, right? So, you know, yeah. it's kind of like running backs in football where, yeah, like, you, you know, you, People always say these running backs are, 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 you know, you can switch them in and out and all that stuff and, and, and all that. But it does help to have an elite one if you have that kind of an elite one. And I think that's where we keep running into issues with the Carl Anthony Towns of the world, the Rudy Gobert's of the world, the John Collins of the world, where those guys get paid because they're really effing good and because the max salary inflates out, uh, the, the, the max uh, system inflates non-max players' salaries. But you still kind of have to pay those guys eventually. So how do you, how do you go about like surrounding a lesser talent in Rudy Gobert with the, the, the offensive talent 
that you need or, or, or a Jokic who is not good defensively with the defensive talent that you need? How do you make that work there? Do you just have to hope that you have a, a, a guy on a rookie contract that outplays that thing? I think for Gobert, it's just not possible because of the goal of winning a championship. Right, like if the goal is just playoffs, the goal is just to win regular season games. It's fine, but if the goal is championship, it's again, it's like you said, what you're investing in. You know, um, teams uh, latch on to the identity of their stars. You know, you can tell the the Warriors play a certain way, and that's a lot because of Steph more than a system. And the Lakers have to play a certain way because LeBron is the guy, and the the Bucks play a certain way, and they got certain players to to help Giannis with the flaws he had in his game. They got the players to kind of compliment him, and I don't think you can do that in Minnesota. We talk a certain way because. Because Raj is on here. Like, there's just, you know, yeah. <laughs> so so I just think, I just don't think he's talented enough in the things he's good at, even though he's really good at them. The, the problem is, again, with the playoffs, with so many wings, they can stretch the floor, they're shooting. They're, everyone wants to do the thing you cannot do, and that's the problem. Everyone's playing one way, and you're zagging, but then here it just really hurts. I don't think, like you said, it would have to be like Kawhi, Paul George, you know, Chris Paul on the team. And, you know, that's not a realistic team to have um, to build around Gobert. And I think that's that's the problem. You can't really build them. The, the only way I can see the Timberwolves really making noise is if, you know, Anthony Edwards just goes absolutely nuclear and says, you know, he's dropping like almost 40 and 90 and says, I'm just going to win these games. And again, that won't be Gobert doing it. It'll be someone else just playing so out of their mind that it, it forces the situation. I think eventually they're going to have to trade one of Cat or Gobert. That's going to be a fascinating one to see who they choose and what the return is. Because do you know what Cat's they... uh, uh, contract situation is? I'm not sure how many years he has left. Uh, Didn't he just extend? He I just thought? extended. He got a giant extension. So Ooh. yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. And and yeah. he can't move like he's the backbone of that franchise before Anthony Edwards shows yeah. up. Uh, and the issue a, too, Anthony, is when's the last time two bigs have worked? I think the last time I saw someone try that was the Pelicans with you know Demarcus and and mm-hmm. uh, Anthony Davis. Again, they were you good. know, yeah, that position keep those positions keep changing. But I think having two like that that really anchors you down on what you need from the other three players on the court. Well, it's, it's two max contracts at those spots is yeah. the thing. You can have two really good bigs. You could have your your sure. identity. I mean, the Lakers one right with with. And identity built around bigger, stronger, faster. So you can go about doing that. But JaVale was on a four, I think, million dollar contract. And Dwight mm-hmm. was on a minimum. Um, yeah. And then you had, you know, AD on a max and, and LeBron on a max. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating, this stuff. Because, I, you know, I think sometimes bigs, uh, man, I'm going to try to say this nicely. I don't necessarily, I question some bigs' passion for the game more so than I do like guards, right? Guards, you have to go through such a gauntlet of people who are your size, your level of athleticism to, to get it, to make it in the NBA world. Bigs, there are only so many seven footers who, who are like, who can walk and chew gum at the same time. And if you're one of those people, you know, you you just kind of get pigeonholed into, yeah, you're going to be a basketball player. And then you know, if you're athletic, you're going to be a really good basketball player. You're going to get you're going to get a bunch of opportunities um, that you know don't always correlate with with how impactful you actually are on a court and how passionate you are about the sport. So, yeah, it's, an it's, it's a short subject. person bias. Not not to Raj. I'm not mentioning you by name, but uh, you know, <laughs> as as a smaller person myself or average height, you know, we always feel that right. You're on the court. Well, what's and you see, what's like, average, Evelyn? What's average? Uh, I would say average is five eight. That's what I would say is average. <laughs> okay, right there. I'll live with that. I can live with that. 
<laughs> so you know you see in the playground right even just colloquially right like just friends Emily, playing how, right? how tall are you are you exactly five eight or are you five eight and one quarter no no i'm five seven i'll own up oh, to it i'm five seven slightly below <laughs> all right <laughs> easy easy so you, you see it on the playground right we've all played you know basketball to some extent right and there's always like you just feel something about like when the big doesn't roll when the big doesn't get the rebound you're like i'm trying so hard out here and can't mm-hmm. you just do the simple thing even if maybe they are yeah. giving that effort you, you get that feeling that they're bigger they should be giving ju- they should be matching my energy and for some reason it feels like that doesn't always happen or like it would look different if they yeah. if they had that like if they brought your amount of energy to it they would be more impactful because they're bigger yes. you know yeah right um <laughs> all right so let's i want to i want to segue awkwardly now that aaron has gone to my <laughs> disdain for for the way that the lakers are being run and oh no <laughs> um we get a report from Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, who said essentially that the Lakers are now holding on to their two picks unless they are getting an all-star in return. Now, my immediate takeaway from it, and we don't have to go here, is that it's like more information or more data that backs up my point that I don't think they actually want to make this trade. I think, Raj, you've been on that on that track too. But um, I think more interestingly... Does anybody hate the 2020 Lakers more than the Lakers who are still around <laughs> from the 2020 Lakers? Because like, why are we, how are we still doing this? How are we still like, what are you doing with, with the, we're still trying to do the three-star approach here, Raj, like what, when you, I know you don't like talking about trades and stuff like that. And you like seeing the positives and people like a weirdo, but like if, if, <laughs> <laughs> but but like when, when it comes to like this approach of, you know, star fuckery, the way that the Lakers exist, like what's, when, when do they realize what it took to what they won with? What's going on? So really quickly, I love trades in like July. You know what I mean? Like I love trades in like August. Like I think that like before the team gets all put together. February? And, you know, can, can, can we keep, like, is February okay? Yeah, see, February is supposed to be like trade deadline. And look, I know we don't. I like thought you were to about to say food. Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> February is supposed to what? be Hearts and Hallmark Channel. That's like All Star <laughs> Game time. What are you talking about? No, <laughs> <laughs> no but like <laughs> that uh, that title season, Palinka went and got like Marquise Morris right in the deadline. Not to like pump up Palinka, but like that's like the stuff yeah. that's supposed to happen in February not like change the makeup of your basketball team, which is why I think mm. I've told you many times, I don't think a move is coming until this team, which again, sounds hypocritical and contradictory as like, you know, just in logic, but like they want, you know, illogical. <laughs> illogical we, we yeah. Keep finding words for it. Stupid <laughs> backwards. <laughs> Preposterous. Ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think that cynical, <laughs> there's like a few boxes to check and it was like, can LeBron and AD look like LeBron and AD, which I think we're, getting close to those boxes being fully um, filled out. I think 80, you've seen it. LeBron is still kind of going on this upward trajectory to get to where he was. And then like this, can this team have its head above water? I don't know what if four games under 500 in, like is indicative of that, but I think that's where we're at. Like this, I'm tired of like every other day feels like another report just telling me like, yeah, they're not going to do anything until this. And they're not going to do anything until that. <laughs> and then um, and they don't do anything. So then it just, it just keeps happening. Edwin, do you think they they want to make a trade? Do you think that's something they want to do? 
wants a strong word. I would say if they wanted to make a trade, they would have made a trade. <laughs> uh, you know, like what's the we, word? What's it like? What's a softer word I could use? Would do they, they have be- a desire to pursue <laughs> a roster <laughs> change? Do you think? Do you uh, think the Lakers have like? Like firewall set on set around like the trade machine. <laughs> do you think like you 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 type in trade machine? Oh, like to when Google, you go to school, they wouldn't let you and- use YouTube. Like this this this, this site is blocked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have site block. They have parental guidelines on on Rob Palenka's computer. You are not a Tim Harris is telling Rob, don't even go to that website. You can't even do anything. I'm not letting you. Sorry. Aaron's like that young thug meme trying to unblock it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, I, I don't think they do. I mean, obviously, if you would have told me, you know, uh, after after the exit interviews last year, if you would have told me, hey, Russ will be back on this team, I would have bet you anything that well, there's zero percent chance. I would have said, did you see? Did you see this season? No way they bring him back. You know. And did even you when see, I heard, the- did you see Russ's own exit interview when he yeah. called the Lakers liars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think they let Russ be. I don't think they really let Russ be Russ. And even when you were trying to be Did nice to him, obviously th- this would be a dream. This isn't my dream. It's like, dude, I'm <laughs> trying to help you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. That's my favorite genre of Lakers press conferences. Is like the beat reporters <laughs> lofting up these floaters of questions. Russ, how did you feel about the fans showering you with praise? Fuck them. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one person told me um, that the thing about certain people, not Russ specifically, I'm not talking specifically, but certain people, um, they're such jerks that they can't stop it even when you're, they're trying not to be jerks. They just, it just comes out, right? And, you know, Russ is a, a particular way, like and, and I don't KD, think there's a question that's right. going to get him not to be that way. I think KD just said he's that guy, right? Because he, he gave that question about Aaron Judge, and he was like, "That's great, whatever." He's like, "Oh man, I sound like a dick." Yeah, and he's he like, tweeted I out like, "Aaron, to... welcome back to New York." Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I got I, I wrote about it for Silver Screen and Roll, and I and I and you know the the subhead on this story is that you know through not through word not through words right they they can leak all you want and raj to your point it is like every other day there is some new category of player that the lakers are looking to acquire there is new competency that the front office is demanding of the players which again i just find so hypocritical because what i do not think when i think about the lakers front office is competency and and like when i when i think about you know, their actions and what they've actually done here since the trade deadline. You know, maybe it's that Rob Palenka has convinced Jeannie and and their inner circle that, you know, it was all Clutch uh, who forced him into trading for Russell Westbrook. And now they have to, you know, they made the bed. Now they have to lie in it kind of a thing. And the other, the other possibility here, and it's something that, you know, I, I, I do hear quite a bit in conversations with some people around the Lakers is, you know, LeBron is nearing 40. And Anthony Davis does, for the last couple of years and for much of his career, lead the league in trips back to the locker room. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, it, it, and when I hear it from people who are around the Lakers, it, it does make me think, like, okay, yeah, they... 
they have serious doubts about what LeBron and AD are able to do, and they are terrified of the of the potential scenario here where they trade those two picks, AD and LeBron get hurt, and now you're just completely screwed, not just this year, but for the next half decade, I guess, as well. My only yeah. thing is, like, you guys are more fans than I am. I'm, I've, I've, you do this long enough and eventually you get so cynical you see the way that the sausage is made and and it does make you kind of rethink your fandom to a certain extent but raj like isn't it isn't it just a better message to like to to look like you're trying like is it even if even if the logic says and and trust me i'm the person who when they gave kobe the two-year 48 million dollar contract was one of the worst days of my fandom because i'm thinking Maybe he'll sign it at a discount. At that point, they were still thinking about signing uh, LeBron and Carmelo Anthony. And then you find out that LeBron and Carmelo Anthony were interested in coming. Had they signed Kobe to a lesser contract? Like that day that he signed that that two-year $48 million uh, extension without having shown that he can actually still play basketball really, really sucked for me. Um, and, and, And so like, there the logical thing would have been hey here's our number kobe if you can get this somewhere else all all props to what you've done for us in the organization um here the logical thing uh, you know if we're following with the logic that that uh the the lakers front office seems to have is write out the rest of the season maybe revisit a lebron trade after this year maybe talk about you know in a really quiet manner where nobody can really, really hear you moving Anthony Davis after this season and going full rebuild. Um, if that is, if that is, that's the natural out, like the, that's the natural outcome of this approach that the Lakers are taking. And to me though, like you can't do that with Anthony Davis playing like this. Well, first I hope I never see how the sausage is made. I hope like I just, I just, I hope I never you just want to rewatch all the games, just, never yeah, talk to anybody get... who was involved with the process. Yeah. Let me, <laughs> let me live in the fandom. Um, no, you're right. Like I think, in a like if a LeBron was 30, you know, like I think you can go with this approach. Um, but like, I always say it out loud and it just still sounds crazy. He'll be in year 21 next year. Like, yeah, that's a that's a crazy thing to say out loud. And he's averaging like his what, career 25? is able to drink that Red Bull vodka that you didn't want to pour for yourself tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that that's what he can still probably do it and play a game. Uh, but but yeah, like I think <laughs> you watch him at the end of the games and it makes me wonder. Like... <laughs> uh, but no, you're right. Like, I th- that's why I was surprised, too. I thought they would definitely, you know, move off Russ. And I think, you know, when we signed LeBron in 2018, <laughs> you get like you're in the LeBron James business. Like that's what you've gotten into. Like we were in this, like, like I watch Boston now. And sometimes I think like, okay, maybe if you kept Ingram, you know, and these aren't, these aren't perfect player comps. So forgive me, but like, I do like Ivica Zubac maybe as Robert Williams or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Jalen Brown, maybe as Lonzo, who I think is a lot better than people remember because of the injuries. Um, and then Kuzma can be whoever maybe are and Caruso, maybe as Marcus smart, like these aren't perfect combination comparisons, yeah. but it's like, if you're in that business, then yeah, you go slow Boston. They made the Kyrie move, but really only gave up Isaiah Thomas, right? They never like went full in board. You traded everything that you were terrible for years for Anthony Davis. And you have LeBron James signed. And all those other mid-level contracts, you got lucky. You got Danny Green. You got Alex Crusoe, Kyle Kuzma extended. You're in that business. And now, like, we're in just this to- 
Like we're tiptoeing between uh, like last night, I think about the Toronto game, how we just kind of punted that game. Yeah. The signings this summer tell you of like punting us. It's like punting a season type of signings, right? Let's Again. just see how Russ, like see how Russ looks kind of thing. And it's worked out. You've got lucky that like Darvin Ham was able to get him in a bench role. I still don't think it's great. I still don't think you can close with those three. I think there's just there are just core issues between three those three in terms of their skill level that they just can't be on the floor together. Those are detrimental to your ball club. But like, yeah, I I, I think a move should have been made. And now it's like kind of late. Like I'm hearing this Anthony, this Patrick Beverly and Kendrick Nunn. Like, what are we what are we doing? Like this, uh, what is that getting you? Like. Uh, <laughs> There are people who Kyle watch Kuzma, our games. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. They're watching our games too. They're watching Patrick Beverly shoot 15%. Do you think from that's three. a thing? Because I'm not positive that Rob watches non Lakers games. Do you think other GMs doesn't watch the Lakers? And he's like, hey, look, last year Pat was good. He hasn't missed I the I think the Wizards were going to pull in the trade and then they, they looked up your Twitter. They're like, well, these guys suck. <laughs> <laughs> we have to go full propaganda. It's got to be like a collective, hey, everyone, no more. Kendrick Nunn jokes, no more Patrick Beverly <laughs> slander. It's all it's all great. Just don't watch the game. It's all it's all going wonderful. These these players are, you know, it's gonna be tough to let them go, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be just heartbreaking to see Kendrick Nunn walk out that door. Um the, Edwin though, I like isn't isn't the error of commission more tolerable than an error of omission in this case? Cause because like there is nothing worse to me. Like my one of my least, maybe my least favorite Laker of all time is Brian Cook. And then like right after him is uh, Tyler Ennis. And the thing that drives me insane about both of those guys, and Damian Jones kind of fits into that category at the beginning of this year. Lately, he's figured out I am actually allowed to sweat. I don't have to take pictures right after this game. How about that? <laughs> um, but like there is nothing worse to me than a a sub like a, a less than talented player you know who also doesn't try very hard who also isn't willing to to go and dive on the floor and take a charge in those in, in those things and i used to watch tyler ennis play and it would just drive me insane it's like my dude you're playing like you're good but you're not you know <laughs> and and like and it's it's all these errors of omission that drove me insane watching him try to defend out there and to me it's like i look if Rob Polinka makes this, we'll just say it's the Buddy Heald and, and Miles Turner trade, and uh, he does give up these two picks, and then Anthony Davis and LeBron James get hurt, I I couldn't hold him again. I I couldn't hold that against him. He tried. He gave these guys one more shot at a championship, and I would much rather be in that kind of a situation here than this weird, like half in half out thing that Raj was talking about. And like to, again, so like to you, maybe you disagree, but like to you is, is the, would you, would you rather go with the conservative potential error of omission rather than going, you know, throwing bad money after, after a couple bad bets? I'm, I'm really split on this one because I, I'm, I don't think Miles Turner and, um, and Buddy Heald can necessarily make a big enough jump. I think if you get the five seed versus like a seven seed, is that worth two first round draft picks a couple years from now? It is today for sure because it makes the team a lot better to cover, but it, it might not make it better for a couple years. And that, that's exactly what, you know, Polinka mentioned on uh, the introductory press conference, right? That he has to get this right because after this, that's it. 
you know, and and like you said, but the, the punt in the season is painful. But I, I guess the only thing I don't know, and maybe even Polinka doesn't know, is what's behind door number two. Okay, let's say they punt the whole season, right? They're just going to write it out. Can you get something better than Turner and Heald next year? And if the answer is secretly, you know, they can't talk about it, but yes, you know, so-and-so or, or the X player is going to come or this is a package, then that might be a better scenario. The problem is that's a lot of hypotheticals. I have to guess who's available, who's in the trading block, who's going to request a trade, the money. It, it's it's so complicated. It's hard for me to kind of quantify that because I don't think there's any huge uh, free agents available next season. So it'll have to be some other way via trade, request for trade. And that's the tricky part. Um and that's the part where I that's why I'm not as upset because I feel like that addition's maybe still not enough. And I just I just wonder what the alternate scenario is. Unfortunately, you gotta like you said, you gotta make a decision because um if you don't, you'll you'll end up with like, you know, no no, no seats at the table and, and no options. The the thing that I am nervous about though with well, just just you wait. They'll have another pick at the at the draft. Is all right. Well, they'll draft that player. You know, we really like this player that we drafted. And then and then after that, it's like, you know, yeah, like do we we have cap space at the uh, at the uh, in this off season? One, right. I really wish people would be more realistic about what that cap space is able to do for you. Thirty million really isn't much. It's not even enough to go out and get a max guy. We know that's what the Lakers intend to do anyway. Like if. Like it's it's funny to me to hear the Lakers say like we will not trade these two picks for anything other than a max player. We have to maintain this cap space. Okay, but you don't have max cap space. Well, <laughs> like it's just like none of what they're doing to me seems very consistent. And that's that yeah. I think is the is the last thing that I that I I take issue with here is that there just doesn't seem to be a very consistent approach. You signed up for the LeBron James tenure right like we've all we've all been to a we've all been to vegas right like everybody here has been here we know how a four-day weekend in vegas goes right you get to vegas and you're real happy to be there your pockets are full because you've saved up for this trip you go out there and that first night that you get there you're still kind of feeling things out you you know you go you hit the tables for a little bit you maybe pick up like a an okay dinner see how you see how things go there you drink plenty right because you know you have the entire weekend to to make up for it that first night is great the second night that's the good one the second night is when you've probably made reservations at a real nice restaurant you uh you have plans to to go out either either after the restaurant either to a club or back to the tables where you've like allotted a certain amount of money that you can play poker with or blackjack or whatever your vice is and then like the, the third, the third, that third morning though, that Sunday morning you wake up, you're like, Oh man, this is getting a little light. This is, I'm a little <laughs> nervous about how this is going. Um, I'm going to have to keep things a little, a little down to earth here, but then you get out and you're like, Whoa, Hey, how about that? It's still fun. <laughs> it's still nice. It's still nice to be in Vegas. And then by the time you get to that fourth Monday, you're like, get me the fuck out of here. My bank account is gone. I might not be able to pay for rent. Like this is, but again, when you got there in Vegas, you knew how this was going to go. By the time Sunday rolls around and you're broke, you know, yeah, I was here in Vegas. That's how this was supposed to go. That's how the, that's how the LeBron situation goes. That's a, like every tenure he's been at yeah. the first time around in, in, in Cleveland. It was like, man, we drafted LeBron. How incredible is this? And then by the time he left, he's like, man, we, 
really need to tank because we have zero assets left over. He gets to Miami, same thing. Wow, this is incredible. We revolutionized basketball. By the time he left, like, man, you know, if he went to Cleveland, wouldn't be the worst thing. And then he goes <laughs> to Cleveland for the second time. And it's like, incredible. He's back. We won a championship in the second year of this. This is great. And it's just like, it's the same cycle over and over again. And the idea that now of all times, the Lakers are like, we don't know what we signed up for. LeBron got here. We have no idea. <laughs> how are we broke? It's like, how, how do you, how are you surprised that you're now yep. sitting with two draft picks left? That's the that's part exactly what happens. that you're, drives you're me right. insane. And, and with LeBron, that's what I was telling, you know, Laker fans, you know, way back in the day when LeBron got signed, I'm like, here's what's going to happen. Like, I'm going to let you know now, because we, we, again, you, we've all seen it through the history. I'm like, um, they told Luke Walton, right? I got good news and bad news. You got LeBron James. What does that mean? That means, guess what? Look at the coaches that was there when he started. <laughs> Look at the coaches that were there <laughs> yeah. when he left. Look at the players that were there when he started. Look at the players that were there when he left. Look at the future draft picks when LeBron gets there and the future draft picks. when You know, you give him the keys to the car and he's going to wreck it. Now, the great thing is you also get championships. Got to give him credit for that. But yeah. you're also going to get... He runs the team, clutch, his decisions, it's all his, his stands come by, all the hoopla, the media coverage. And you're going to be finance. broke by the end of that weekend. Yeah, and you will get a ring, just like you did have a good time in Vegas, but you're yeah. also going to have a hangover. And and maybe right. we're we're at the point where we realize, you know what, I don't think Aspirin's going to fix this one. <laughs> but the di but the difference here, though, at least in my opinion, like when, this, when LeBron came this time and why I thought it should be different and using your Vegas analogy – you went to Vegas with an extra kind of jackpot because you had Anthony Davis with you. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. Anthony Davis is the jackpot with you. You're not supposed yeah, to leave you got, Vegas. <laughs> you're not you supposed got to, to leave Vegas, Vegas and you knew that you were going to hit a number in roulette. It, like exactly. as soon as you got to Vegas, you're like, I'm going to play 12 and this thing's going to hit as soon as I get there. That's the difference though. Like Cleveland, you mm. know, Kyrie was never really seen that way. And plus he asked out in the middle of it and was gone. Um, Miami, I think had an aging D Wade. You have mm -hmm. an in the prime Anthony Davis. And that was supposed to be the difference. And I remember when we did the New Orleans trade, we're like, they're like, you traded your young core. And I think somebody, I forgot who it was, I think it was Zach Lowe. He's like, your young core is Anthony Davis now. Like that is, yep. that is your young core. That is supposed to be, you start with a, you start way ahead of any other team that would eventually lose LeBron or so LeBron retire, whatever. The, the ages don't work, but maybe we're in a kind of Shaq Kobe scenario where that transition of power will happen once LeBron actually leaves. The problem, you know, Kobe was what, like 22, 23 and like Anthony Davis, yeah. like what, 28, 29. So th there's a little discrepancy there. But maybe we're actually going to see that changing of the guard. It's been a while since power has changed in L.A. that way, you know, because when, when Kobe left, it just, we just fell off a cliff, right? And when LeBron leaves, usually that's the same thing that happens. Maybe this is a scenario where there can actually be a transition or maybe, you know, when Bron leaves, so does AD. We know their contracts are, are aligned as well. Yeah, it's, it's going to be – I always say it's never boring, but that doesn't mean it's not scary <laughs> being out here. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. For me personally, I think it's it's – you knew what bed you were making. You knew, like, it's a four-hour drive to Vegas. You have plenty to. You have plenty of time. You, I think I understand your analogy now. You want to go broke. You're like, look, we already yeah. lost everything. Like, yeah. I'm putting the last eighteen dollars I have on blackjack, and yeah. I'm gonna put the gas on my credit card, and we're gonna get home. <laughs> no, what the what the Lakers got is like, all right, you have you have fifty bucks left in your bank account, and you're playing at twenty-five dollar blackjack. So you have one, you have, you have 25 bucks left in your pot after, after, and, and what you've done, because AD has been incredible this year, the, the dealer just tossed you an 11. 
and you have a choice. You can ride this out. You can probably go, you know, you can, you can be safe and still have 25 bucks after this, but that 25 bucks is going to be a new hand. That $25 that like, if you don't double down, that $25 is going to be a brand new hand when yours, the odds are stacked against you because the house is always going to win. What I would, what I would rather do is, yeah, it means I'm going to have zero left to me, but I would rather double down there because that's a better chance. Like betting on LeBron and AD right now is a much better bet than this front office figuring out a, a rebuild. What? Anthony, this is the what? first time. I don't know if it's the Vegas analogy, but this is the first time I actually, I think, I think I'm on your side. You, the two picks aren't enough anyway. So just use yeah. them. We'll yeah, go broke. Nothing. And, and whatever happens, happens. We, we, we maximized as much as we could the LeBron era. And afterwards, hey, you know, well, we'll, we'll find a new Jen's, Brian Cook in the. <laughs> Jen's going to be, Jen's going to be pissed at me regardless. If I get home with $0 or $50, she's going to be pissed. So I may as well, I may as well go for broke and turn my 25 bucks into 75. And then from right. there, if I can keep on playing from there, if I just, if I just bought myself a little bit of gap, as you do when you have Anthony Davis playing like an MVP, then like, yeah, it, if they were somehow like, it's funny to see, to see them talking about and Raj, this is a point that you make better than just about anybody. But like when they talk about it's title or bust, that, that means that there's never anything being built. There's never any real direction of your organization. And that's the part of this that it's, it's, it's really kind of tough to fathom is this notion of, yeah, because it's, it's title or bust. That means we are never, ever, ever, ever going to be focused on anything beyond this season, which means that you, you, have enjoyed the, 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 the veteran minimum, uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, Ferris wheel that we've been on this, you've, you've enjoyed that because it's going to keep on running. We're just going to keep on doing this. And I see people in the comments who are like, yeah, well, if they keep their $30 million, they can sign Lonnie to a longer term deal and they can sign Troy Brown to a longer term deal. And it's like, the problem. yeah, we're, we're signing up for more of this team. This is, <laughs> this is what we want. <laughs> what the, run it, run it back as Harrison would say. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no, you're right. That's why, that's why I've been on the trade for the Pacers for different reasons than just, because like I, the cap space means a lot of things, and this is more detailed than most people probably want. But like you let Russ expire, which means you get none of the value of that contract. And I think Nothing. the the thing that people don't speak about a lot, Montrezl Harrell was also in that Russ deal, right? And most fans wouldn't care about Montrezl Harrell being gone, but you lose that ten million salary spot, right? And you lose the thirteen million Kuzma salary spot, and then you lose the KCP. I think he was making fifteen million salary spot, and now you have morphed all that into one player. And that one player is not even close to bringing that value. And then if he expires, like, it's just like, there's no plan, you know, like, that's why mm -hmm. I think like the, that's why the Turner heel thing, they are flawed players there. That's the reason they are on the, on the market, right? They are flawed yeah. in, in how they play in their talent level, but they are not minimum. They aren't vet minimum players. Like they are players that are, would get 10 million, 15 million in a market. So like yeah. that keeps you able to build, around a LeBron and AD team rather than just the league is too good to me, Anthony and Edwin, like go look around, like go look at Denver. Yeah, paying Aaron Gordon. Go, they gave Aaron Gordon four years, a hundred million, because that's what you have to do when you find a good player that fits your system. Is Aaron Gordon yeah. worth $25 million a year? Probably not. But like you find that player, you have to pay them and you can go around the league and you find contracts like that all over. 
um, because that's just how the league works now. So I'd like yeah. us to kind of get in that game of like finding good. If we did the hard work is like you found Caruso in the G League, got him in your system, got him G League to league minutes to being a $15 million worth player. And he walks for like 10 million or, you know, like that's the stuff that's Nothing. like you did the hard. You did the hard part. The hard part is finding those dudes and like not actually just paying them when they're good. That's the like <laughs> supposed to be the easy part. But yeah, well, and also like Buddy Heel next year would be an expiring. Like that's mm-hmm. that's an expi- that's an expiring contract mm-hmm. that is very movable next season. So it's like, all right, fine. It doesn't work out this year. You don't win a championship. But do you make it to the playoffs? Do you get there and 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 do you maybe win a series, maybe two, and now all of a sudden you're making some actual progress? And it's like, yeah, you have LeBron nearing forty, so progress really isn't the name of the game here. But you do have like at some no team. Find me any team in recent history who has made a trade for a player, and and um, you know immediately like the Lakers are really the only one, right? where they made the Anthony Davis trade, but they already had a collection of really good role players. They make the Anthony Davis trade and they win a championship that year. That's an outlier. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen very often. You know, like not, not unless it's, it's just like a, a cheat code kind of situation. And by the way, the Anthony Davis thing, like we can all call spade to spade here. They got Anthony Davis because he's clutch. <laughs> like they didn't, that wasn't, that wasn't like Raj said, they showed up to Vegas and they, they showed up in their first hand. They showed up, and the house told them, hey, bet as much as you want on this hand. You are drawing 21. No matter how much, whatever you bet, put $50,000 down on this bet. And that's essentially what the Lakers did, right? They put they put, they put their house down, of, yeah. Yeah, they put the house. They put their pink slip. Now they have two houses. And so, like, it's like... And, and and so like this notion that the Lakers are just going to repeat that we're just going to keep which by the way they're going to repeat after pissing off clutch by not com- co- committing to a LeBron James timeline like you're just going to keep this thing going when you aren't going to maintain that relationship I don't know I I, I don't see it I, I keep on having the same rant I feel like but I, I don't I don't necessarily see it no I, th- I think it makes a lot of sense especially what Raj said like you know good organizations don't let even not regardless of skill of player the money just die uh, look, look what happened with with the Warriors, right? With the with Durant, they made it a signing trade. That's how they got Wiggins. Like the, that that move at the time, it was like, oh, who cares? Wiggins, you know, he's been he's been a bust his whole career. Look what Wiggins has become now. And the reason was, you know, the Warriors could just said, oh, well, whatever, he's gone. But instead, they 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 negotiated that into there. They worked it out. They're like, well, let's get something for this guy. Like we can't just yeah. let him walk like this. And and they found a way to figure that out. Um, and if the if the Lakers took all those players, turned them into Russ, and then just let Russ wilt away, you know, I, I think Raj is right. That that's a, an even more of a way. Now you wasted the asset that you used with all your other assets. So it's like you know, it's it's just not a smart move. It probably is a good idea to see. Okay, let me get value for that money instead of it just seeing it go to zero. And like you said. That money's not even worth as much as you know uh, some people think when they hear it. Yeah, and 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 you know you, we talk about the assets that the Lakers are wasting, but they're also wasting some capital here with the fans, like the late Dodgers fans. I'm a Dodgers fan, and I'm going freaking ballistic at the off uh, at the off season that the that the Dodgers are having because here it is, this team in a not cap sport, a, a <laughs> sport where Xander Bogarts, who's a, who's a good player and all that, he just signed a. An 11 year contract at 30 years old because it's all funny money in that sport. Just mm-hmm. sign, you can move whatever contract you have to move whenever you have to move it. And this notion that the Dodgers are like, well, we can't, we have to reset the luxury tax here for the chance at Otani next year. It's like, what? You were just, what? 
You just won a hundred and something games last year, and this is now the no. Here's the here's the line in the sand. You're not excited drawing. about Jason Hayward uh, signing a minor league deal? <laughs> I'm I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled about uh, Gavin Lux, who sucks as a second baseman now playing shortstop. Fantastic. We officially lost Roger. I don't know how to put uh, Jason Hayward in uh, in basketball terms for you, Roger. Yeah, no clue. <laughs> He's like a good like a, like a like a like a like a three and D wing who wasn't necessarily very good on offense, like an elite defensive wing who's who, like you just kind of hoped you got anything from him on offense yeah but but now a little wash like and Portland, you're really taking a flyer. yeah yeah there you go that's probably a good one yeah now you're taking a flyer on a guy who's kind of out the league but you're like maybe he, i can bring him back in it's basically yeah. a situation well, like auto, auto porter jr last year is like what the dodgers are doing here yeah. this year so it's all right <laughs> you know, I feel good note. coming in here, and then I don't even know. I think I feel bad coming out. Is that a normal like Anthony Irwin production? There, no, I, I think that's that was the three gallon beer that you had. You, you <laughs> need to go take a Pepsi. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it here for this episode. <laughs> of the Lakers lounge an actual lounge environment as, as, as we all had cocktails here and we all, I think had a pretty good time. Aaron dipped, uh, because he has uh, an even better time lined up, it sounded like. Um, <laughs> we're going to keep doing this thing, though. Six o'clock Pacific um, that we are going to keep on diving in here and, and having these conversations. This is always a blast. Thank you, Raj, for dipping. Or for, for, not, for dipping. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as we had a baseball conversation. Thank you, Raj, for dipping. Um, thank, you. <laughs> thank you, Edwin. For, for making your, your podcast debut. This was fun. Uh, remember your headphones next time. I and, got you. <laughs> uh, and, and until next week, I'm Anthony Irwin. This has been the Lakers Lounge. We'll talk to you in a bit.